Welcome to the Taking Off the Mask podcast. My name is Ashanti Branch, and I'm really glad you've joined us. Today's episode is going to be a little different. You know, every once in a while, we shake it up a little bit, and um, I have four things I want to talk to you about on this episode, uh, some exciting news forever forward. Um, as you know, this work that we've been doing with this podcast uh, grew out of my work with the Ever Forward Club, uh, a nonprofit that I started back in 2004. Actually, in 2004, I was a teacher buying lunch for students every week. But what it has grown to be is an organization uh, that has created a global movement around giving people room and space and just um, reflection time to think about these masks we wear. Now, something I'm really excited about is that today um, um, some amazing things are kind of in the in the works. And I'm going to share four just kind of uh, pieces of information with you. And um, over the next weeks and couple of weeks, you're going to hear from some people who are a part of these these things, because I think as we are meeting new men who are willing to take off the mask, as we keep supporting young men to invite others to take off their mask, we, I think we can begin to move the needle on a communities where our boys and young men feel like they have to uh, be locked inside of this man box that oftentimes doesn't let them be their full true selves. So I'm going to share four things with you. I'm going to show it here. And I'm going to tell you what they are. So one, there's some news about the Kelly Clarkson show. Number two, 1,850 masks. Three, peer mentors. And four, Sam. So you, when you hear me weave this story together, you will know that it's not just a, a random weaving of story, but it's uh, it was kind of planned. It was strategically planned. Um, so first, uh, today is, um, I'm recording this on Tuesday. I mean, today is the 6th of April, if I can get the dates right, today is today, right? So this is going to launch on today because it's been so much happening that uh, today I thought that it would be really important for me to share um, what's happening really fresh and new. So on April 7th, which is tomorrow, so regardless of when you listen to this, you'll be able to go back on hopefully social media or YouTube and find a segment from this. But tomorrow, uh, we, Ever Forward, and myself and one of our young men, it's going to be featured on the Kelly Clarkson show. Like that's just a huge opportunity for us to share more of our work with the world. And I'm super excited about what's coming next. And so uh, we're excited that that is going to happen. It's um, here in California is going to be at three o'clock on our local station. But you can just go wherever your local station is on um, the Kelly Clarkson show and watch it. Uh, once we get some of the, the graphics, we'll share those out on our social media channels so you can see. Hopefully, we'll have a couple of clips that we can show you. But we are just excited that our work is going to be getting into the eyes and hearts of more people. That more people who don't realize that the masks they wear may not even fit really well, but they've gotten comfortable in it. And so we're excited that, that hopefully uh, when things open back up, that we'll get invited back to the show to do the mask with one of her audiences. And so I'm really excited um, that the conversation that we get to have with Kelly is uh, meaningful, not only to me, but to the young people. And so I hope uh, you'll get a chance to check that out. That was the first piece of news. Second, 1,850 masks. You know, one of the things that we talked about um, is that we are building this movement of other people who are also building movements. Because what we know is that if we're gonna have a goal of a million masks, I don't know a million people. 
I don't, I don't have a million followers, even if you add up all the followers I've ever had in my whole life on any platform, way back to MySpace days, I don't even have a million followers. But what I do know is that the young people who are part of this movement are helping this to grow. From Justin that you met a couple of episodes ago, Justin talking about how he was going through his own tough time in life and he used that momentum of recognizing that he could help others, that his passion was helping others. He helped move the needle at his school. And through his work, his work connected us with a, the leadership class at Alameda High School. From that leadership class, those students, plus the link crew, who is like the freshman orientation program, they reached out to all the students at Alameda High School. So just last week, during advisory period, over 1,850 students were introduced to the Million Mask Movement. I mean, hundreds of masks were populating in the site, like over that 45-minute, half-hour period of the advisory period. Like we were kind of watching it like live streaming, just kept hitting refresh and refresh, and new masks kept showing up, and new masks kept showing up. If you if you see our Instagram live, you will see me like in front of the computer, just kept, I was just so excited, overjoyed with opportunity for what's coming next. And for all those students, every one of them that made a mask, I got a recognition that, you know what, I'm not alone, that it's not just me, that other people are going through similar things like myself. That is how we can change the world. That just one at a time. But it was such a beautiful monumental day forever for because the, the biggest workshop that I've ever done, the single biggest that I've known about, over a thousand students at a high school here in the Bay Area, um, that we got to do. I got to be in a, a gymnasium full of young men, and it was a beautiful experience. That's back when we were making masks with pieces of paper. And the evolution of our work has grown, and we're super excited about where it's going next. And so that's 1,850 masks new added to the site. The next piece of information that I want to share with you about the Peer Mentors. So I kind of hinted at it before. The Peer Mentors Project is how the movement is going to grow. So, so far, we have uh, three schools and two more schools on the way, right? So now we're in the spring break season. It's like a spring breaks have been spread out over five weeks, over the last five weeks. So we know that some schools are on spring break right now. So we know that there's so many things moving around in our schools. But what we do know is that so far, two schools, actually the third one just happened, three schools have begun to make momentum moves on the peer mentoring project. And what we know is that there's a couple of schools that are just about to get started. It's really starting with the young people taking initiative to move this forward. I am super excited about what's coming up. So the peer mentoring project is ready. So if you know a teacher, if you know a school, if you know a young person who is interested in being a part of this work, here's kind of how it works in a nutshell. The peer mentoring project will be clubs that open at schools all over the country. Just like a regular club would be, right? Whatever kind of club you may have at a school, students can start their own peer mentoring uh, club. Some students will just want to be a part because they find a place where they can be their full selves, where they can be accepted, where they can be understood, they can be listened to. It's about building young people to be peer mentors for each other. But some students want to go a step further. They want to help students in their community. They want to help students outside of their school. So they will take on leadership roles where they get to then present the Million Mask Movement to other schools. 
And as they present, as they begin to find their voice, they will then help, ideally, those help students at other schools decide, you know what, I want some of that. <laughs> how, how, do you, how did you start that? How do you be a part of that? And then those students will then start an ever forward peer mentoring club at their own school. And I believe that that is the momentum that's going to carry our work forward. I'm super I keep saying excited because I, there's hard to, I'm, I can say I'm, I'm elated. I'm like all these words I can think of. But one thing I'm really excited about is that young people are taking charge. Like the other day I was on a call with a, a group that's doing some design work with Ever Forward. And, you know, one of the messages that I got back from, you know, some of the interviews they are doing, they're doing some, you know, uh, empathy interviews to learn about our work. You know, one of the things that someone said was that, you know, like Ashanti is ever forward. And if, if, if Ashanti is no Ashanti, there's no ever forward. And I'm, I don't really like the sound of that. I don't want that to be the case. I want this thing to grow away from me that, 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 that it leaves a legacy of someone who says, I want to be a part of helping people be more of their full, true, authentic selves and be heard, be accepted. That's what I want. And so I, when I heard that, I'm like, <laughs> so how can we stop that? How can we stop that? It's me doing all of it. I, I don't want to do it all. Like right now, I can tell you I'm wearing a lot of hats in this work. And one of the things I'm clear about more than ever is that it's going to be the young people who are going to take charge. Um, we have one school right now that we reached out to, and those students are on their way back to school in a couple of weeks. And the message that we got from the school was that, well, Maybe we'll wait till the fall because since we're coming back to school, we don't really have time to do any of this kind of social emotional work. And, and, I, and I hold two contexts with that response. I hold the one context that says, yeah, I get it. You're going to be busy. Yep, there's going to be a lot going on with students coming back to school. And then the other context I hold is that it is no better time than right now than to make sure students know that they are seen. Because to bring students back to school and just put down a bunch of rules about how to stay far from each other, how not to touch each other, how to make sure you're six feet apart and washing your hands and putting your mask on, to, to, to go into a rule book scenario where we don't deal with what students have been going through over the last year. Those are habits that were formed. There were habits that were formed with students to say, hey, look, I am um, going to go to the bathroom whenever I want to go to the bathroom. There are habits formed when students have a snack whenever they, their body tells them they want a snack. To go back into a place of rules where we're saying, here it is because I said so, because it's for your safety, then how do we deal with the battles then? I just, as much as I'm glad that students are going to get back to the buildings, I know a lot of students need that space. If we don't do it in a really wise way for our teachers and for our students and for our parents and for the community and for the bus lines and like all the layers of things that go into what's about to happen with schools going back. Uh, it it kind of saddened me that that school thought that this work was an add on extra thing to get in the way, as opposed to a work that is recognizing that our students are going through stuff that you cannot see. Maybe you hear me getting a little passionate about it <laughs> because I, we're going to see it. 
we're going to see it in a few short weeks as schools around the country are going back to school. We're going to see it. We've already probably seen it. And many of the times we're not talking about it. Right? Many of the data that we that we're talking about is how many students are kicked out of class. I was at a school last week where they have a hybrid model going on already. There was a student in the hallway on the computer trying to do their learning. Like what? Like there's only like 10 people in the room. How are you in the hallway? How are you how are you kicked out of class with only 10 students in the room? Or maybe you need some fresh air. Okay, great. That's 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 good to know. But let's hope that that was the case. But what we know over and over again is that we have a situation that brings students back into a school building where the rules become sit down, be quiet, don't move. And students have been doing homework in their hammock, in their bed, on their couch, on the floor, in their backyard. <laughs> And now we're coming back where people are going to look at you from 360 degrees and they're going to judge you. I went from being two-dimensional to now three-dimensional in a matter of a couple of weeks. And now I got to be worrying about where everyone's looking at me, what they're judging, what they're saying about me. It's not every student. I mean, obviously, right? But we know that it's going to happen. So Anyway, that's the excitement that we're talking about. Like, we know that this work is important, and we know it's important not only for our young people, but for our teachers too. Like our teachers are having to figure out how they're going to teach multiple different modalities. I'm teaching live here. I'm teaching on I, – I, I, there are some schools who are doing hybrid learning, which means that the teacher teaches on the computer while the students in the room are looking at their computer. What? <laughs> what? Okay. I guess it's a little different. I guess at least I get the human contact. I get to look at you in your eyes, but I really I'm just looking at you on the computer because you're sitting right there, but I want you to pay attention to me right here. Don't look at me over here. Pay attention to me. I'm, I'm trying to show you the, the attachments over here. Like I just know that we have work to do. Okay. That's the peer mentoring. And we need young people to help each other around that. That's what I'm really excited about. And the last part I'm going to tell you, like the last part is Sam. Listen, you know, we have some amazing young people in this work that have been a part of our movement, that, have, that are growing with our movement, that are taking charge with this movement. And one of the things I'm really excited about this uh, this year is one of our young men who was a part of the podcast team. He's actually one of the young men who helped launch the podcast. It, his full episode didn't happen because his episode was a prototype and his conversation with Anae, they their combination was like an hour and a half and we realized well that's too long so you probably heard some clips from him in some of the pieces we've released over the last 30 episodes but you also will hear him in the intro video um, because he and Anae helped build um, the model for how the face-to-face -face conversations would go and one thing we're really excited about is that he will be working with us again this summer Super excited about that um, as a part of the Social Emotional Leadership Academy. And since he's been a part of the program now for almost a year, he's going to have another layer of leadership that I'm excited for him. But one thing I want to tell you is about those 1,850 students that were presented to by their peers, Sam helped me train them. We had a plan for a one-hour presentation to train them, and our time got cut like by a lot. And Sam like just shared his story with those young people and just opened up his heart in a very heartfelt way. And I'm really thankful that uh, we're going to share that with you right now. Uh, just him sharing his story. Uh, if you heard part of his podcast episode, you may have heard part of his story, but maybe you don't even know who he is yet. And now you get to meet him. I'm so proud of this young man. You, he'll close us out. 
Um, and I hope that uh, what you will hear in his voice is a young man who is learning how his story can transform others, how his owning some of his pain and his truth can help others be liberated. That's what we're trying to do in this work. That's what this movement was about. It wasn't about trying to, it didn't start with a million people. It started with a group of young men in a classroom who I could tell were brilliant. But in so many ways, the way they were measured in school didn't show their brilliance. And so they didn't even know how brilliant they were. And our work was helping them to see it, hear it, acknowledge it in themselves, and also acknowledge it in others. It doesn't cost anything to light somebody else's candle. But oftentimes we, we think by protecting our, <laughs> protecting our light and not shining it on others, we, we do ourselves a favor. And oftentimes the, the room becomes more bright when more people realize their brilliance. That's what I believe in this work. So I'm hoping that you um, enjoy his story. It's pretty short, but I'm hoping that you hear and recognize he presented to about 100 students who then were going to go on and present to over 1,800 students. So he, his work was inspiring. I'm so excited about this work that we get to do. I hope you get to be a part of it. If you haven't yet made a mask, I invite you to go to 100kmasks.com. Make a mask. Think about the words on the front of the mask, the things that you gladly let the world see, and think about the things on the back of the mask that you don't let people see. We hope that you will find a way to share this movement with someone else. Oh, and there's something else. There's a, a, a sneak peek. Look, look, I, I didn't even put this on the list, but th this is, listen, we are launching Ever Forward Club The Adventure. It's a card game. Listen. You'll probably see it in the next two days, somewhere on social media, the, the commercials or the promos for it. Like, we're going to do a little recording here in the office tomorrow. Like, the game, the cards, they're, they're over there. I can't even show them to you right now. Like, it's going to be amazing. So, <laughs> it's going to be an experience of how we do work and ever forward, but you get to do it in the comfort of your own house. You get to do it with some friends, whoever you want to invite to be a part of this card game is deeply reflective, hopefully inspiring to recognize that there's so much more going on to all of us than anyone can know by looking at us. And hopefully it also helps you take on an adventure of uh, saving your team. And the more you open up, the more is opened up for you. Thank you for being a part of this movement with us. Thank you for listening. We wish you all the best. Uh, please enjoy Sam's uh, storytelling. And um, I hope that you will be a part of what we're doing um, to make the world um, better for all of us. And I'm going to have Sam start by um, sharing a, a part of his story. So thank you. Go ahead, Sam. Yeah, so thank you. Uh, just going to get right into it. So uh, imagine you're like in seventh grade, 13 or 12, uh, and just hanging out with your friend, you know, going to the corner store. Uh, it's like every other day. Um, so... Me and my friend were walking. It was about like 8 o'clock at night. I just got a bag of chips. I was going to go back home, watch a movie. Um, about a block away from my house, I was walking down the street. Um, and then, boom, I just didn't remember anything. And uh, I woke up. My arm was broken. My leg was broken. There's like tons of cops around me just screaming. Uh, it's, everything was going on. I was bleeding. Crazy. Uh, my best friend, he was just like 
freaking out. Everyone was freaking out. Uh, and I, I was told once again when I got back into the hospital that uh, I was hit by a car. And uh, that was pretty scary. I mean, uh, I was uh, just thinking like so many things were going through my head. Like, am I going to be able to walk again? Uh, use my arm again? So many things. Um, and uh, I mean, I was stuck in a wheelchair for really long time. Um, I mean, I didn't have my arm either. So there's always someone just pushing me around. No personal space. So as a, as a teenager, sucks. Like, there's always an adult next to you, just something, like, making sure something doesn't go wrong. Um, and, yeah, after a while, I was just, like, just really just trying to get back uh, into walking. And I, I realized that I'd taken, you know, all these things that I did every day for granted, like, like being able to... um you know, just watch TV or go to the bathroom or just stand up. Getting, like, getting out of bed took me, like, 20 minutes uh, when it's just supposed to take, like, one second. So, yeah, all of these things were just um, really life-changing and um, changed my perspective uh, to a lot of stuff. So once I fully, like, recovered, uh, it was, like, the end of seventh grade, so I hadn't seen my friends for, like, um it's six months. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, I went back to school. Uh, everything was fine. Um, at the end of uh, eighth grade, I said my, my speech. I, I gave my speech at the, um, eighth grade ceremony. So that was, that was nice. And, uh, we had a party at my house. We were just, um, all having a good time and we went to Mexico because, uh, where, where I'm from, we have this thing, uh, La Virgen Maria, which is the Virgin Mary. Uh, and we just go to Mexico City and we give our thanks. And, uh, me and my family were there giving our thanks, just talk, like being thankful that I was alive. And, um, yeah, so we were at my grandpa's house one day. I was just watching TV, uh, with my brother and my friend calls me. He's like, yo, Sam, uh, is that your house on the news? And I was like, I was like, what? Um, he's like, yeah, I mean, your house is on fire. I was like, I was like, my, my house is on, on fire. Like so many things were going through my head. I mean, I was like still, uh, recovering like mentally from, from the car accident. So I was not prepared for like another bad thing to happen. I mean, when one bad thing happens, you're like, okay, this is one bad thing. No, nothing bad's going to happen. Just good things are going to happen. But yeah, I mean, I just kind of sat there like, what about my stuff? Like my dog, like just everything in the house. Like, yeah, I mean, the next morning, uh, I, I couldn't really go to sleep that night, but the next morning, um, called back. Uh, my friend went to the house and he was like, man, I'm sorry. There's just nothing there. It was, it was all gone. You know that that hit me. I, I I was just there. I couldn't I couldn't cry. Like just, just nothing was going through my mind except like, what are we gonna do now? We're stuck in another country. We we don't have a house. What's gonna happen? 
And yeah, I mean, we went back home to pretty much nothing. So just crashed in my grandpa's house for a really long time. Um, luckily my, my mom did have savings. So yeah, I mean, we're all together as a family. Uh, and we bought another house. Um, well, we're still painted off. And from there, it was just upsides. Like, we got another dog. Fortunately, uh, we did lose, um, the dog that we had, but yeah, bad things happen. And as long as you have a positive attitude, um, just things can go well. Like, my family was all okay. My mom always told me, hey, we're all together. Family over just all this random stuff that, that's like at the house. And that's, that's the truth. My family's all okay. We're all starting new lives. And yeah, although everything was tough, things are uh, looking better now. And we're just really thankful for everything. And yeah, pretty much that's most of my story until now. Yeah. Thank you, Sam. If what you heard today you enjoyed, if you've listened to this and you found something inspiring, please like and subscribe to this podcast. That's the best way for someone to uh, find this podcast, maybe like you did. Uh, please tell someone about it. If you know, listen to some of our previous episodes, and if one of them rings out to you, please share it with somebody you know. Uh, we also invite people to join us in a face-to-face where they come together with another person to make a mask and talk about that mask together. There's short conversations, about 20, 30 minutes. So if that's something that's interesting to you, please uh, send us a message. Send us a, in the comments below. Let us know that you're interested in that. And we look forward to you joining the movement of the Million Mask Movement. And check out our new shirt. I don't know if you, how you can, if you can see it, but this is our new shirt, the Million Mask Movement. And so uh, we'll have these soon available, uh, but we look forward to you being a part of the movement and supporting our work. Uh, please consider supporting the work that we do in Ever Forward and in the work uh, that we do in the Million Mask Movement to let people around the world realize that they're not alone. Thank you. <laughs>